This is the Final Round Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast. Excited to have you along for the ride with us this evening. Should be a, a fun one, a little bit of a, of a unique format for everything as we mapped everything out through the course of the day. We, we continue to run into surprises and curveballs and, and other various um, minutiae, I guess you could say. Uh, Jason got into town uh, a solid three hours early, so that's, um, that's, that's one of the reasons why we're here at this time for uh, this episode is, is mostly because he's in town and we really didn't have Anything else come together the way that we had planned, so here we are. I was thinking that uh, this is the daylight saving special. Yeah. Uh, it says, the clock says 7.01 there, so I think we're right on time. We just, uh, right. we're, <laughs> it's funny because people uh, from a daylight savings time, it's like, oh, we shouldn't, uh, we, you know, we shouldn't uh, observe daylight savings time. And my response is always, no, we absolutely positively should because everybody likes the way that the sun rises and sets time-wise in the summer. It's in the winter time when we turn the clocks back and we're on standard time. That nobody likes it. So I was like, I want to go to daylight savings time all the time. Um, so that's all we're doing here is uh, this is Jason's attempt at sticking with daylight savings time. Right. And this is the time of year where everybody walks around aimlessly, right, and just keeps looking at out the window at dinner time and says, wow, I can't believe how dark it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> me included, yeah, me included. I can't stand it, honestly. I hate. Uh, uh, I just really hate when it gets dark. At, I mean, is it five o'clock? I mean, it's probably pre. I know it gets to the point where it's pre five o'clock uh, sometime in December. But yeah, I can't stand that. We had that. a conversation at uh, at this missile today at the school, and 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 bouncing back and forth about how miserable it is this time of year because when we have dismissal we have to stand outside with the kids and the sun's not really on that part of the school at that point of the day because it's gotten so low on the horizon Mm -hmm. and and in reality what is going on with this i swear a bunch of bunch of stuff got changed in here i am sure of it because i don't know we had a we had a bunch of trouble uh on the phones on monday with no sound and i see the microphone has been changed again um, this isn't the microphone that we had on Monday. Oh. This is this is this isn't the old microphone. This is the uh, not the new new microphone. The old new microphone. <laughs> We're back to the old new microphone now, and I'm I'm still thinking. It, it feels like it's super quiet, but but I don't know. Um, I but, guess we'll find out. When, yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it points. It's spiking off. The, it's acting like there's a bad chord someplace because it's quiet, 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 and all of a sudden it just spikes and pegs and breaks up, and then it's quiet, quiet, quiet. But I mean, that's that's now that's your your microphone or my. That's that's mine right now. Yours was super quiet. We were having trouble with the the phone microphone earlier because it's real high tech. We stick a phone in a set of set of headphones next to a. There's a way that we can run it through the computer, but I haven't. I haven't done it yet, and no one's told me how to do it yet, so we're just going to go with it. Well, and we don't uh, – I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll make it work. I'm just going to leave it at that. We'll we, make it work. We haven't uh, got anybody to talk to tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get tech support in here that, to, uh, to help us out, is right? That, uh, is that true that we, we do or we don't have someone waiting in the wings? Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we have okay. Kevin Orr. Uh, Kevin Orr is going to be joining us uh, been a, it's been quite a while, actually. We've had Kevin on the show before, um, but it's been quite a while since uh, Kevin has been on the show. The last time, boy, I want to say, 
Well, you know, I think uh, I think Ryan Bonifero had just potentially won the championship, uh, the TNT championship for him. Okay. Um, when we had him on the show last time, but uh, I mean, much like yourself, uh, uh, Kevin had an accident and uh, hurt his back, and then wasn't able to uh, get in the car, so we got Ryan to drive for him. But uh, I actually haven't talked to Kevin, and because uh, Kevin is from Canada, we haven't been able to see each other. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and you won't in the foreseeable future. It sure uh, it sure doesn't look like that. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a while. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. We probably don't even want to go there, right? Because right. this is a drag racing podcast, not a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to dive into politics? <laughs> not, not a politics <laughs> podcast. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, but yes, it looks like unbelievably that uh, yeah, one of the, I guess, most developed countries in the world is uh, going to be on the blacklist and not allowed to have their citizens go anywhere or do anything because. Uh, we have one of the worst uh, COVID infection rates uh, in the country, but uh, or in the world. But you know, it's uh, it's due to testing, right? Uh, it's because we're doing more testing than anybody is why our is that is that why? Yeah, uh, that's what I've been told. So sounds as good as any. So yeah, I'm looking to looking forward to talk to Kevin and uh, see how uh, see how he's been and uh, how the. Uh, Oh, his racing season. I don't even know, honestly, what they did, uh, what Kevin and, and those guys did. I mean, TNT didn't run in 2020 at right. all. Um, I know that Ted Barnes did a little bit of racing, but... I'm the not... handful of series that did run, I don't think I don't think most of them, at least within our earshot, even crown champions, if they did run. Right, right, right. Hey, it's Chris. Let me put you in. Yep, a couple of us did. A couple of people did, but... Uh, yeah, West New York Super Rod Association, we didn't crown a champion uh, for 2020. There was just no reason to do points, in my opinion. So. <laughs> for both races. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, we've got um, we've got one Kevin Orr here on the line, so we can catch up with Kevin without any ado to find out more about what did happen. What, what were you able to do up in Canada? Kevin joining us on the hotline. Kevin, man, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. How are you? We're all right. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting by. Um, we're, the, the big conversation here is just kind of as we, uh, we kind of morphed our way through the opening of the show as we landed on the what did happen for uh, the racing C- series and the racetracks in Canada at this point. Were able to get on track and, and do anything this summer? Personally, I didn't. They, they had a lot of um, bracket racing events at the local tracks. Uh, but personally, I'm not much of a bracket racer. I used to do it, but I, I got spoiled with index racing. <laughs> and uh, and I really, really miss the index racing. So I was working hard on the car in March, and then the lockdown came, and, well, it's still sitting in the garage on four jack stands with the brand-new tires mounted on the wheels sitting in the trailer. Wow, that's a bummer. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't um, – uh, this was supposed to be my big comeback year after Patrick driving the car for two years. That's right. I forgot, Kevin, that, yeah, I, you know, we – I think the last time we had talked to you, you had mentioned that you were going to drive the car uh, this year, right? That, that that was the plan, and I was all amped up and ready to go, and yeah, other no, people had um, different plans for our society. <laughs> yeah, so you had – 
you had no place to go. So did you end up, you know, working on the car over the summer? I did nothing. I was working on it in March, and then when the border closed, I thought, oh, well, okay, the border will close, but it can't be that long. You know, I had no, nobody, I don't think, had any idea it was going to turn out like this. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I mean, I have to say, like yourself, when the border got closed, I figured it was going to be, you know, a couple of weeks at most. Uh, If you would have told me back then that the border was going to be closed uh, until, you know, Christmas, uh, I would have thought you were crazy. Jason, I don't think the border is going to be open at Christmas. I I mean, I have to say, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, at this point, uh, I'd be shocked if it was open before January 1st. Now, if I if I had you know tons of money, I would get a plane and fly my car down there because apparently I can fly to the states. All I have to do is quarantine for fourteen days when I come home. There you go. But uh, apparently, I would say, driving uh, over isn't quite so easy. Yeah, it, I will say that's kind of the crazy thing too, right? Is the fact that you can fly here all you want. Um, you have, like I said, you have to quarantine, but. Uh, um, I know somebody who actually came across, him and his wife came across recently. He has dual citizenship, so um, they come down and they spend their, their winters in Florida. So they're driving down. Um, he's driving the motorhome down. She's flying down from Toronto, and he's going to pick her up at the airport, and then she's going to quarantine in Florida for four months and then fly back. Um, <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Is, is there a drag strip I could quarantine at for, you know, well, I don't know how long they want me to. <laughs> this is a pretty pretty lavish uh, press box they have at Empire. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> well, perfect. Uh, you know, we, we're racers. We could. It, it's inside. It's got to be better than sleeping in a tent. I was to say, if you think about uh, over the course of your racing career, all the terrible places you've slept to go racing, um, yeah. In, inside on a hard, nice hard floor is uh, would be great. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I first started, I had an open trailer, and, and you know, I remember going to Cayuga, and you wanted to have a nap to get out of the sun. I would lay on the ground underneath the closed part of the open trailer. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I can't complain too much. I just, uh, it was a shame. I really was looking forward to going racing this year. Now, were all the tracks actually open this year? To my knowledge, yes. I think that Grand Bend and, and London, who are now owned by the same guy who owns Grand Bend, yeah. he, he took over London, um, may have opened a little later. Okay. And my understanding is had more strict, um, I don't want to call it rules, but we're more careful about, you know, if you're not at your pit spot, you have to have a mask and all oh, that okay. stuff. Yep. Um, Cayuga opened and Cayuga was Cayuga. I looked at, you know, you'd look at posts from the, the big outlaw street races and stuff, and there was all kinds of people, and they looked like they were all having a good time. Well, I guess but, that, yeah, that's certainly good. Uh, I will say that I didn't hear of any... You know, all the racetrack casualties, I guess, that I heard of were actually pre-season 2020. So, yes, Norwalk closed for the season. They didn't go out of business, but they closed for the season. Well, after, but, yeah, after after him saying he didn't care what was going to happen, <laughs> he was going to open. And yes. I don't think that worked in his favor. No, no, it definitely did not. Uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, like with Atco and English Town, I mean, that was 
prior to that going away, I don't think I heard of any track actually going under because of this, which is good news. Um, the only thing I get, I, I get the magazine uh, inside track up here, which is way more concentrates on everything. But they do a little drag racing, but it's mostly all the oval track and other classes. And I gather a lot of those guys are suffering because allowing 100 uh, spectators into a place that can hold 5,000 people, the math doesn't add up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I feel sorry for all those people. I'm glad that the drag strips have, appear to have survived. And I'm glad to see that Lancaster and Empire carried on. Um, and I really want to go there next year. Next year, like five months from now, would be perfect. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, like, like, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, didn't English Town close down because they sold the place and now they're parking cars there or something like that? Yeah, it's exactly it. And uh, my understanding is that's uh, what they want to do with ATCO as well. Uh, um, I mean, it's it's a shame, but... The property is worth a lot more money as a parking lot uh, in that area of the country than it is as a drag strip. Well, I think generally isn't that what happens to all of our facilities? Um, (laughs) It happens to a lot of them, unfortunately, as urban sprawl takes over, right? Yeah, and like my wife's uh, the president of the local anglers and hunters club. Well, when they built it 75 years ago, it was in the boondocks. Yep. And now it's surrounded by residences that are complaining about the noise of shooting. Right. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> you know? So, so that's what happened to the racetrack in Waterloo. Yeah. The fairgrounds. Yeah. Right in the, in, the, in the middle of town, relatively speaking. It's like three blocks from Main Street, which is 5 and 20. It was Maple Grove Speedway or Waterloo Speedway. Yeah. And it closed um, uh, because the neighbors were complaining about the dust. And the noise and everything when when the races would be contested. Now that doesn't even, make even though sense, they knew when they moved there, and their lawyers yeah. would have had to have told them when they right? moved there. Unless you, you know. moved in blind, right? <laughs> and completely with the worst uh, uh, loan brokers ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. You had to know. Right. You had to know these these the the back gate is on Wright Avenue, and Wright Avenue has houses right in front of it. Like, yep. They had yep. no, and I just don't I don't get it. So one of the things that, that, that Kevin was talking about was the racetracks up in Canada, and the oval tracks, uh, Rockville, Ontario Speedway, Merrittville, the RPM, uh, Grammy, Drummond, places yep. like that. Um, a lot of them were sort of in the same boat as we were. Humberstone opened and, yep. and was competing. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't have the fan base. Um, they were restricted. Uh, uh, Merrittville Speedway, same thing. They opened and they competed. You start getting on those border tracks, though, like Ransomville Speedway out near um, Buffalo, yep. on the Niagara Frontier. Yep. Ni- Ransomville never opened because half oh. of their car count had to come over the border. Okay. So they oh, didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't yep. run at all. But then on the flip side, you look at some place like Can-Am up in Lafargeville. Yep. They ran just about a full season, and they even had fans a couple times. But you're allowed X number of people per car. But they don't do a pre-registration roster of this guy's the tire changer, this guy's the gas. Okay. Man. Yep. So you go to the gate and you just sign into the pits and you stay in the pits and you sit in the pit grandstands with mm-hmm. your mask on and yep. your mask on when you're moving about 
and I'm the, I'm with number seventeen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. right. And that's that's. I, I, I would I would just say I'm with Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Here with Jason Oldfield. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you got a problem, go see Jason. <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, so James Kraft checking in. English Town or Old Bridge Township Raceway Park is still a functioning motorsports park. The drag strip has been reconfigured into a figure eight drift pad. You know what? I think I read that on Facebook earlier in the summer. I had not heard that. Uh, yeah, I had not heard. You're talking parking cars like insurance overflow, stuff like that. Yeah, that was uh, the last I knew. Yeah. That was exactly what uh, there's, there's they were. There's a bunch of overhead shots of, I think it's the old Fort Worth Speedway in mm-hmm. Texas, mm-hmm. that they were doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, this, this travesty of same idea. But it sounds like there's still at least some function Oh. Uh, of racing motorsport type activity at uh yeah and, and i was not aware of that the last i had heard with english town is that uh, i saw some pictures of them taking the walls down um and that was the last hard to I drift had... into the walls what, what was that kevin hard to drift into the walls <laughs> yes exactly yeah uh, yeah so i guess maybe that's uh i guess maybe that's why uh but yeah it's it's really sad that the uh, track has gone away but i mean to your point Chris, I mean, that that reason with Ransomville not opening, right, that's a kind of exactly why I'm, I never, I haven't had an actual conversation with Ted Barnes, who runs the TNT, but I'm sure that's why Ted didn't do TNT this year, too, right, Kevin, was because of the fact that... Well, um, we had called, Lori and I had called Joe Bonifero, who's, you know, as you know, the presenting guy, yep. and said, look, Joe, I'll put up some money, you put up some money, we'll have a Canadian TNT race. Sure. And he said to me, you know what, Kevin, to get eight or ten cars, it's too much work. And I get it. I I totally get it. Uh, I mean, that's where I guess I will say I was with regards to, uh, you know, Western York Super Route Association, too. For us, it made a big difference going to the five-tenths pro tree from the four-tenths. Um, I hope but, that worked out for you. Oh, it worked out very well. Yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, I mean, both races. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> the the season itself obviously was pretty terrible. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, uh, well, it depends if you like rain. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Did you invite uh, Brian up to your races or something? Yeah, we uh, we had I think three. We had five, I believe, after COVID. We had five races scheduled, and we had three of them, I believe, rain out. Um, yeah. And we had then one of our reschedule races rain out. Um, so we ended up running twice, I think. Yeah. I think it was two two races total. That's all we were able to get in. Um, that's, that's, I mean, you, you know, we have no control over the weather, but I, I have to give you credit for doing going to all the effort because I know what kind of efforts is involved to set that up to go there and watch it rain. It uh, it definitely stinks. Uh, I mean, it's the the pun is it definitely put a damper on it, right? Uh, <laughs> but no pun intended. Yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, going. But anyways, going to the five tenths pro tree, yeah, definitely made a huge impact for us. Uh, we picked up a whole bunch of competitors that didn't compete with us previously. So, um, but prior to that, when we were running the four tenths pro tree. Yeah, trying to run the series and having eight cars show up, it was really disheartening. It was really disheartening. It's like, why am I doing this? Why am I spending all this time to put a race together to have eight cars show up? It's like, I can't do it yeah. anymore. Um, so yeah. I understand where uh, uh, where Joe was coming from. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing that was tough, too, is that I didn't feel like it was right in COVID 2020 to go to sponsors. I mean, we had sponsors that had committed to giving us money and, you know, prior to COVID even occurring. And I didn't feel I didn't feel it was right to go to them and ask them to, you know, pony up the money that they promised. I also didn't feel it was right to go to uh, and try to get more sponsorship money as well. So we just ran uh, unsponsored for 2020, but hopefully that uh, can change for 2021. Well, I hope so, and, and that, that's an honorable thing for you to do. And, and I would think that I would be the same way. If you can't deliver value to what you've told them, then you, you really shouldn't go to them and say, okay, here, we're here, you told me you'd do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Uh, I figured it was going to be difficult to to deliver that value. And obviously, most we go back to March um, when everybody was shut down. It's like, you know, to go to a company and ask, hey, can you give us 500 bucks? Um, be like, what are you serious? I don't even know if my doors are going to be open in a month. I can't give anybody anything. Uh, I'm ru- I'm running into that with my, my work. My, my customers are pretty well all retail stores. Uh-huh. And, and they're saying to me, well, yeah, we need you to do these repairs, but right. we don't know, is there another lockdown coming? We don't know what to order for stock. We don't know if we'll still be open at Christmas or we'll be locked down again. Yeah, I will say, how are things in Canada with regard to COVID? Is it the same as it is here? Um, well... <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I I hate to use the term fake news because all I see from the states is what I see on Facebook and stuff. Sure, sure. Um, I don't. I don't know that the re. I don't know. I don't want to say. I don't want to get in trouble, but I'm not sure that we're not all overreacting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Canada has had eleven thousand deaths. Well, but we have thirty-seven million people. Yeah. And then they say to me, well, they can't open the U.S. border. Look at what's going on. They have 250,000 deaths, but they have 375 million people. But nobody ever adds that caveat. Right, right. Well, I would say that, uh, so, I mean, if you have, if you have 30. It's it's 250 million cases and and around, right? 250,000 deaths. Is it deaths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's around 200. It's around, That's I mean, right, yeah, because we're yeah. doing that. It, it's it's like 2.5%. It's right, right, nothing, yeah. Right? So, I mean, yeah. overall, from the number... more people don't die than do die, if right. you ask me. Yeah, yeah. Well, from the numbers that you just gave, Kevin, so, I mean, you're... The rate for Canada compared to the U.S., well, let's call it the just the general rate, the, the death rate is definitely lower. It's about half of what it is in Canada, um, but you also have to consider in Canada, I think, is that we have only a few um, highly concentrated areas of population. Right, right. You know, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and guess where the most cases are? Toronto, Montreal. <laughs> yeah, you think? Oh, I'm shocked. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that it's not all being manipulated. Um, and and I keep they keep saying, well, until there's a vaccine, well, it took how many years to get a partially effective vaccine for the flu? 
Yeah, I will say what I heard. So, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you know Dr. Fauci because he's a huge political figure here in the oh, States. Oh, yes, I know. Yes, I well, yes. Uh, because I'm on Facebook, I see lots of Donald Trump stuff and yes. Joe Biden stuff. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, Fauci, I'm pretty sure it was Fauci. Or it might have been the CDC, but I thought it was Fauci that had come out and said that, uh, you know, it would be still like another year or two he felt before the vaccine was, you know, basically widely available and distributed to everybody. And it's like, oh, my God, another year. Um, I know. I, I look, I'm, I'm like you. I'm like, if that's what we're waiting for, then we'll, we all have a big problem. Uh, we're all going to have a real big problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's because uh, you know. I I mean, I get it. I'm not denying there's no there's a virus going around. There absolutely is. Uh, is our reaction to it what needs to be done, or is it? Are we still reacting to what we were afraid was going to come? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know what the hospital loading is like there. Here, they kept telling us, "Oh, we've got to flatten the curve." So the hospitals don't get overwhelmed and we don't run out of ICU. Well, that never happened. Right, right. Yeah, and I know. Now, for- now the new thing is, well, look, we're re- now we're reporting instead of 400 cases a day, 1,500. But yeah. now we're doing 45,000 tests a day and not 4,500. Right, right, right. But that doesn't play into the whole, you know, giving us all the numbers doesn't help the cause. <laughs> but I just hope I I don't know I don't know if the border is going to be open before next spring for driving. Boy, and, and I mean, one thing I never really thought about until now. It's like uh, I mean, I'm assuming that s- some of the tourist spots were open over the summertime. But I mean, you know, take Niagara Falls and you look at all the uh, money from a tourism standpoint. I mean, what's happening to all those places? They got to be dying. Well, I would think, yeah. I mean, I remember I was talking to Joe when we were talking about maybe trying to do a little Canadian sort of a one-off yeah. thing. Um, I think he said to me, because he, he's, he knows everybody in Niagara Falls that is anybody, and he said something like, well, the hotels have a 10% occupancy rate, but next week when the restrictions have been reduced to whatever the number was, they went from like 10, I don't know the exact numbers, but let's say they went from 10,000 rooms were rented out to 100,000 rooms in one week. Wow. Because everybody wants to go do something. Yeah, and that... all of a sudden the restrictions are reduced and they go do it. Right. And, right. And I understand that too. Like staying at home, telling us stay at home, stay at home, don't go out, don't shop, don't hang around with your friends. They still, we still can't have a funeral here with more than ten people. Right? Is that uh, is that the same here, Chris? Pretty close. Yeah. 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 It's all restricted. Well, I know it's all going to go downhill too once we get once we get the new gathering restrictions firmed up for the state. Did I think they we're back to? Did they not go into effect yet? I I think they went into effect Monday, and then they need to get firmed up and get everybody around like at the like what they say in Albany. And what happens in Waterloo. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. You know, on, on Halloween, you, know, you could drive around <laughs> town and there's these houses with, you know, 12, 15 cars parked out in front of them. Right. And I know that we didn't have those, we didn't have those restrictions then. But, we, you know, we're down to 
We're down to 10 people, yeah. bars, bars and stuff closing at 10 o'clock, just trying to keep people off the streets. And, and yeah, but, uh, maybe, uh, like getting, getting back to the racing side of things, some of the conversation that's been, been floating around is one of the reasons why, like Empire Super Sprints, yeah. they're called America's race cars, and they go up to Canada and spend half the season over the border Okay, at all those different tracks. They didn't have a season this year. I think the only contested so one they didn't formal have a season. race. They didn't have a season at they all. Had, they had a race at Canandaigua, and they ran a couple exhibition-type races. Yeah. Or, or uh, like, if Empire Super Sprints gets together with a Patriot Sprint Tour, which is another New York, Pennsylvania region um, uh, 360 sprint car tour. Yeah. Or URC, which is based out of New Jersey, um, Eastern PA. They they just make these challenge races, so you get show up points, but it's not a formal thing. But the one governing body or another will be in charge of the race. They'll be the race director. Mm-hmm. So, so if one group uses passing points like Patriot Sprint Tour does, then the Empire Super Sprint guys are going to use passing points. But you know, if they use qualifying and heat structure and stuff like that, when ESS is in charge, then the Patriot Sprint guys follow that measure. But they never even got the chance to go over the border. There was no there yeah. was no season for them either. So a lot of the, the circle tracks that we saw this year, I didn't realize that I didn't change that camera. Here I am pontificating. At this point, I have to say, I'd, I'd love to know, just statistically, scientifically, so if you looked at the number of people from the U.S. that would go up to Canada, let's call it during the summer, and people from Canada that would come down to the U.S. during the summer, what's the what's the net? So does Canada see a net positive? Does the U.S. see a net positive? I'm guessing it's probably close to a wash. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Especially in the fall. Yeah. That we see a lot of Canadians come down starting the first week of October for dirt track stuff between outlaw 200 weekend yeah. and then super dirt week which falls in line with with uh canada's thanksgiving celebration it's typically the monday after it's our columbus day yeah and the yeah. monday after super dirt week wraps up there are droves and droves of canadians that come down for that and and drivers too 358 modifieds and pro stocks are very popular over there and those have faded off in in our neck of the woods here so the tracks that did open that couldn't rely on touring series like Advanced Auto Parts. Wow, that was a that was a time warp. The Super Dirt Car Series, the big block modifieds yeah. that you see at like Canandaigua, they yeah. have a tour. They only ran maybe seven or eight races through the course of the year and didn't crown a champion. Nor did the 358s, nor did the Pro Stocks, and the Sportsman didn't really. But they had the regional tour, so they could at least do something. Um, those series didn't do anything. So the home tracks that they ran at live streamed all the races okay yeah. for 20 bucks 30 bucks yeah, 40 yeah. bucks a pop and while you didn't make everything up they still were bringing in enough to where they could pay the standard season purses okay yeah mostly so yeah so that helped get over that get over that hump yep it didn't replace everything but boy did you get some exposure to some new fans too sure you know and it's out there on demand, so you get to see some of the other. And, and that stuff wasn't really the standard. So I'm interested to see going forward. And, and I know there's all this doom and gloom stretching into December and stuff. Eventually, we are going to have the ability to get back to racing. And I want to see what it looks like. Because now the tracks that used to poo-poo was like, pay-per-view is not a good idea. Pay-per-view right. doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Now they had to rely on it, and they saw what it could do. 
So that changes things dramatically. And I mean, let's face it, we're going to get the headers done on your car faster than we're going to get a vaccine. That's from that's from Jeff. <laughs> they, uh, you know, I don't know how they're coming along. Honestly, the car is at uh, Randy Jewel's shop. I actually called him uh, earlier this week uh, just to see uh, get a status report, and I didn't hear back from him. And uh, it's like I'm, I'm not in a huge hurry, but I will say that uh, I talked to Phil Harndon. So Phil just got back from Florida yesterday. Um, yesterday? Monday. Dropped off another canvas bag full from Oldfield Bank and Trust full of yes, exactly. moldy dollars. Right, right. Um, <laughs> whatever happens, happens. So Phil got back from Florida Monday, and he told me that uh, he told me that our plan racing-wise next year is uh, to certainly use the Corvette at the beginning of the season, potentially even into June, July, He's going to be in no hurry to get the Camaro back uh, back ready. He wants to have the the engine rebuilt on the Camaro, and he doesn't want to do any of that. So, Kevin, for your for your uh, I guess knowledge, so Phil takes the motorhome down in November, then comes back basically until Christmas, and then goes back down for the for the winter. Right. So he posts photos of his dog and his cat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But he doesn't want to start working, and I don't. He, I don't blame him. He doesn't want to come back early from Florida, so he doesn't really want to start working on the race car until he gets back in April. And it's like, from that standpoint, look, we're all doing this for fun as a hobby, right? We're in no hurry. Yeah. The, the Corvette. To, if, if, if there's no fun involved, then why do we do it? I already have a job. <clears throat> that's that's exactly right. Yeah, it's exactly right. So Corvette will be ready. So yeah, why not? Uh, why not use it? And as I told him that. Uh, Look, I'll be interested to uh, to give it a go, anyways, to see how it works. So, yeah, why not use it? So, are you going to put a stop on it uh, on the Corvette? Yeah. Oh, the Corvette's always had a stop on it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know I mean, I only see very few photos of it. Usually, you're in the Camaro. Then you were fighting issues with the uh, Camaro, and and Phil said it's because of the tire. And I don't know what the ultimate result was, other than I saw there will never be another tire, but a good year on here. <laughs> Well, the the ultimate result was, and and I have to say, I'm still, and maybe it's just the engineer in me because I didn't find anything broken per se, you know, physically that I could see with my eyes broken. Um, But uh, we put a really old set of Goodyear's on the car and the car went perfectly straight. And at that point in time, it was like, okay, this has to be... It's got to be the tires. So we went out and bought a new set of uh, Goodyear's. And um, for the most part, the car was uh, pretty good this season. So so it went straight with the new... Because I, I was about to say, what are you on? Could Gigi looking for all the old Goodyear's you can find now? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the car, yeah, the car for the most part went pretty straight. Uh, it could probably still use a touch more preload in, uh, in the top uh, passenger bar to get it to go a little straighter. But... Um, before it was crazy. I mean, before I could have put you know four turns of preload in it, and the thing still would have gone to the gone to the right. So, um, knock on knock on wood. I think uh, I think that was it. But uh, yeah, for now, it really, well, you think it's all the tire? Like it wasn't like a, a, I don't know a bent housing. A, a, I don't know. I don't know what would cause that, especially when it won't react when you make a big change like that. Right, right. Yeah, and that was the crazy thing. I mean, we actually had a brand new housing built for it. Um, so, yeah, the the, the synopsis and it still, was... it still went the wrong way. Correct. Yep. 
Yeah, the, the, the short synopsis is we made all sorts of suspension adjustments, finally found that the rear end housing was cracked, said, aha, that's, that's got to be it. So we had a new rear end housing built, put that in the car, went out, and it still went to the right. And then we continued to play around, made more suspension adjustments, and found that the uh, front left strut was frozen up. Aha, that's the problem. So it took the car. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, oh, I hear you. So ah, took, that's it. Even right. The track, oh, that wasn't it. Right, right. So I took the car to FJ, had FJ Smith put a set of front struts on the car, went back out, and the uh, car still goes to the right. More suspension adjustments, and that's when we got to the tire. Now, I will say I'm a little skeptical, potentially, um, that this could be a wheel problem as well. Um so I was looking at the wheel uh, at the end of the season. I'm like, this. I'm not really crazy about the way this wheel works. The wheel looks, and it was a. It's a fairly new wheel. So Uncle Phil has promised he's going to spend a little bit of money and uh, buy me a new set of wheels and even modernize the car a little bit from a look standpoint. Uh, so I'm I'm interested to see what happens with that. Well, uh, yeah, that, because yeah, I I mean I know guys. I haven't. I don't know anybody who's had the problem that doesn't make the change when you change the suspension. Right, right, yeah. And ultimately says, it's got to be the tire. And I'm like, you know, I've had Hoosiers, I've had Goodyears, I've had Firestones, and the car pretty well works the same way all the time. Yep, yeah. I, mean, I, I hope I, I didn't just jink myself. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you, uh, Kevin, because, uh, yeah, I've used them all. Um, I prefer... Uh, you know, the Hoosiers are Mickey Thompson's and, and my number one tire generally has been the Hoosier. I mean, I've had the best luck uh, with the Hoosiers um, after this. I mean, I, I, and would I run a Goodyear or Mickey Thompson? Yeah, absolutely. I would I'd run either of them without uh, without hesitating. But yeah, I'm I'm not conv- 100% convinced it was the tire, but uh, it kind of looks like the smoking gun. But again, I'm not completely convinced that the wheel doesn't have something to do with that too. And uh so we'll change that to You're fix that. You're just happy that it goes reasonably straight and you can drive it without wondering wh- which way should I point the wheel when I let go of the button? At uh, Yeah, at this point, the car at least goes straight enough that I can race it, which, yes, I couldn't do. It literally got to the point where before um, I couldn't even do that. I couldn't make a 60-foot pass. It was so bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, looking at the tire... You couldn't see anything on the sidewall. Inspecting the inside, you couldn't see anything. So there was nothing from a visual standpoint you could look at and say that, oh, yes, look, this is what the problem is. Um, and it wasn't until we put that old set of uh, Goodyears on that it went straight. But at the same point in time, when we put those tires on, those old tires were mounted on a different set of wheels. And so I have at least a little bit of question as to whether or not that wasn't potentially helping and this I out need as to well. slap a new set of tires on those old wheels. Right. Right. And and then you'll know. Well, yeah, and what we're going and to then, do is we're going to buy. So, so what you're telling me is if I see some wheels for sale on Kijiji, some old wheels from you guys, I better not buy them. <laughs> I'd probably steer clear, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got old wheels, like from 1990, my weld wheels. I will say that uh, I when I sold uh, off the Corvette, I sold a set of the... Oh, God. The Krager Pro Stars, I think is what they were called, uh, when Glidden first had them on his car. Are those the ones that look like center lines with little holes all around them? Uh, no, those were, they, were the, they were stars, but uh, they were like a, I'm going to say a cast aluminum wheel. Um, 
I think it was Glidden's Probe, if I remember correctly, was the first car to have those cars on those wheels on them. And they were super popular. And I had them on the Corvette for 20 years. And I figured, all right, I'm going to sell these things. What am I going to get for them? Oh, my God, they sold in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, because nostalgia. Nostalgia is the new big thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and honestly, it's like I sold them for too little, clearly, because the, the demand was through the roof for them. Uh, but I was also glad to free up the space in my garage. So wasn't going to complain and too much. And that and all the old tools you're showing us. I haven't seen any <laughs> of your tools lately. You know, I haven't done any. Uh, I haven't done any tool time with uh, Jason Oldfield recently. Uh, I'll have. To, I do have probably a half dozen more that uh, I'm still looking for answers for. Uh, um, certainly, feel free to uh, chime in with your answers if you know what the heck they are. Uh, well, um, I've no, well, I don't. I haven't seen, obviously seen those ones. I've known some of the ones you've done, and some of them I'm like, oh, oh, well, I wonder what that is. Yeah, the the last set was uh, I was told was uh, something for a set of to, for setting points, but I'm not convinced that's oh, what... I remember that I'm not 100% sure that was exactly right for a six-cylinder Chevy distributor only yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not convinced that's what it was either but uh, yeah I got to do some more of those uh, kind of got uh, busy and sidetracked uh, doing some projects around the house and uh, you know doing the typical fall cleanup and putting stuff away for the winter time and uh, floral how did you like the last eight days of uh, 70 degree weather oh, I'm assuming been... you got it the same as we did yeah 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 it's been great uh, yeah floors done Chris uh, floors done in the garage I mean for the most part it's as done as it's gonna get uh, toolboxes I will say I've transferred everything from the one toolbox to the other and have some of the old tools on the bench but yeah it's pretty much uh, ready to go uh, <laughs> Yeah. Jim Jackson said, "Oh, so the museum's open." The museum is open. The museum yes, is I, open. I, and uh, I'm I'm not charging admission. You can come stop by anytime. It's free. Why? Why are you, you have not? to bring what, what is it? Whiskey that you like? <laughs> exactly. Uh, All right. Uh, <laughs> yes, bring a bottle of whiskey, and uh, we'll share it together as I give you a tour of the museum. Uh, yes, because I gather you weren't really fond of the tequila that you showed that one night. No, the tequila, I am not a fan of tequila. Uh, yeah, my buddy Joe Slovak, who passed away, he was the big uh, tequila guy, and I never liked it. And uh, But, yeah, in his honor, I had to have a tequila shot. But, yeah, definitely not my uh, not my thing. <laughs> By not any your means. cup of tea, as it were. Yes. So the your Corvette, uh, at this point, could you basically have it off jack stands and ready to go? Well, I I could um, I I got the seat belts redone from yeah. RJS. They're still sealed in the bag that they came in, um, and one year of the certification is gone. Right. <laughs> right now it says December twenty twenty one. So well, there you go. And uh, so I mean, in a few hours the car yes could be ready to go, uh, but well. Like I say, if I if I can't go over the border next year, yep. and so therefore there would not likely be any TNT or or I won't be able to go to a super rod race, right? Then I guess I'll have to learn how to bracket race again. Yeah, I will say that uh, I don't want to stay home for a whole summer again like I did this year, waiting, right? Waiting, waiting can't be like this forever. Well, maybe longer than we thought. It was definitely longer. It's been a lot longer than I thought. I, I I figured for sure, you know, much 
much like Trump had said, quite honestly, logically, just like the flu, I figured, okay, weather will warm up, and once that happens, this will all go away, and life will be back to normal. But, you know, it's not going to be in March or April or even early May, but, you know, by mid-June, everything will be okay. And, uh, yeah. boy, I was I was really wrong. I guess that's why I'm not an infectious disease expert. Um, but <laughs> Maybe you don't want to be right now. You want to have a headache. Yes, exactly. Uh, so before you, I guess, stopped working on the car, did you do anything major to it uh, from 2019 to 2020 offseason? No. Uh, well, it took me half of the summer to get my logbook back from Patrick. Yep. So now I'll be able to. I, I, I didn't even open it up because once I stopped working, I'm like, well, I guess I'll wait and see. I haven't even figured out how many passes he put on the car since Joe did the motor last time. When was that? When did when did Joe do the motor? Uh, uh, he he raced it the first year and won the championship. Yeah. And when he brought me the car back to put it away, we looked in the logbook and I went, "Buddy, you put 160 passes on the car. Maybe you should take my motor with you when you go home." Yeah, which, which is exactly what happened. And I don't. I don't know how many passes he put on last year because I didn't open the logbook. Uh, I don't think that he raced as much last year as he as he had been, if I, you know what I mean. Yeah, that I, I I mean, and obviously I don't know. I mean, I'm not uh, uh, you know in your backyard spying on you, but my impression was that Patrick was not out with the car as much as he had been the previous year. I think, well, I think he did, he did, like, because the first year, you know, of course, you give a guy your, one of the only things that's owned and paid for that you have forever, and you give a guy, here's my trailer, here's my golf cart, here's my car. Right. So the first year, he didn't get to do much that I didn't go see. Yep. And in the second year, there was, uh, I'm, I'm sure, several events he went to that I didn't even know. Uh-huh. But I also knew by then that he knew how to drive the car. Right, and right. I knew that, and I knew that he made, I had made it clear, if the car's out of shape, we're not John Force. Right, right. So, so lift. Yep. Lift, lose, tomorrow's another day. Yep, yep. Um, so, as I say, I didn't really, I didn't go through the logbook to try to figure out how many runs he put on it in the second year. I could very well look at it and go, oh, he put another 160 runs on the Sure. And maybe I need to take the motor out again, but I've been busy, you know, trying to, well, for the lockdown, I didn't do much work-wise, but I did stuff at home, and in the last eight days, I stayed home and cleaned leaves. <laughs> yes. But they're all done, and the place looks great. We're ready for winter. Well, I'm not ready for winter, but the yard is. Right, right. Uh I will say my uh, my wife and kids did leaves. I was uh, working on stuff inside, uh, and my wife and kids did leaves. And I will say the next morning, you would never even know that they did them. It, uh, well, that's what usually happens. Up until this year, that's what usually happens to me. I live on a two-acre wooded lot, yep. and it's all maple trees and beech trees. And then there's a fringe that my neighbor owns around me that's all maple trees and beech trees and old old pine trees that shed needles all over the place <laughs> so typically i would clean leaves and you wouldn't know but this year 
we had a couple of, and I'm sure you did too, a couple of crazy windstorms. Yeah. And it managed to knock all the leaves out of the trees. So when we got to clean up, it's clean still. And there's no more leaves up in the trees. There's still leaves in the neighbor's fringe woodlot. Yeah. But now they're on the ground and they're stuck together and typically not too many of them blow over. I would say the, the worst tree that I have on my lot, uh, and it's getting pretty empty now, is I have an oak tree. And uh, that oak tree is always the last one to shed its leaves. And uh, um, yeah, it's like I, gotta, I know I got to get out there and uh, get the leaves off the ground now because, uh, I mean, let's face it, snow is coming soon. Oh, yes, I'm pretty sure you have another week or two. Yeah, so... I, I have no oak. My neighbor across the street has oak trees, and I live on the south side of the road, and the prevailing wind comes from the northwest. So I clean up lots of oak leaves. Yep. Um, but this year, we, in our area anyway, we had some sort of caterpillars, gypsy moths. Oh, we had those all over, too, here. Yeah. the ground now. Yeah, because, yeah, well, they wiped uh, they, I mean, they took it. all the leaves off his oak trees. Oh. And they took all the leaves off my beech trees. Oh, no kidding. And typically for us, the beech trees don't drop their leaves until next spring when the new leaves push them off. Huh. But this year they were bald. Yeah, I was surprised actually uh, this spring when we had uh, all the gypsy moss. I'm like, what the heck are these things? And I had to do a little bit of research to figure it out. And uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was crazy. Um, I have to say, we didn't. I didn't really. Can't say that I really saw any difference in uh, in the trees themselves. But uh, well, the trees. Apparently, the trees will survive. Um, like typically, the trees will come back again next spring. Yep. And the gypsy moths are supposedly, yeah, I guess, for one of a better, you know. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, they say it's like a seven or eight year cycle. Okay, so they'll be they'll be dormant basically for like the next uh, seven or eight years. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I don't I don't know. Who knows? I'm I'm assuming I was all right with the beech tree, all the beech trees being bald. <laughs> <laughs> One less thing to maintain, right? Right now, what will suck is if they don't come back next year and I have to cut them down. Yeah. Then there's like there's another whole big giant project, and exactly. cutting up the big parts of the wood isn't bad, but getting rid of the brush is a pain. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll hope that uh, for the spring, your big project is going to be putting uh, the race car back together again, uh, so you you can come well, down here. I would hope so. Yes, and I really better look at my logbook because I don't want to be the guy who phones Joe in March and says, "Hey, can I bring in my motor? I need it in April." <laughs> right. Well, I know that's you know, uh, how, you know how motor builders like that. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a conversation I just had uh, with Mike Janice about uh, Phil's motor. Uh, we put a whopping sixteen runs on Phil's car this year, um, but we had gotten to the end of twenty nineteen and uh, pretty much knew that we we needed to probably freshen the motor after the season. And uh, yeah, whether it was sixteen runs or a hundred runs, it really didn't make a difference. So uh, that that motor's going off the Mikey here in the next uh, couple of weeks to have him uh, freshen ours. Even with only 16 runs on it? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it'd be one of those things where if 2021 is a regular season from start to finish, you'd get to the mid-season and you'd be, you know, starting to cringe, be like, "Eh, geez, I really hope it It makes it the rest of the way. It's cheaper and easier and better to rebuild it than it is to blow it up. uh, Oh, it... (laughs) 
there there is no truer words than that for sure uh yeah blowing stuff up definitely takes its toll um yes yeah right now i mean you're looking at rings and bearings and I think he's gonna. I think Phil's gonna plan on replacing, you know, the whole valve, uh, the whole valve train. Just it's probably time, but uh, um, yeah. Once you uh, once you put the rod through the pan, it's like that just isn't good. No, it's um, it, it it never bodes well. That block is not coming back to life except as a doorstop. Yeah, and it's all the extra collateral damage that goes on top of it, too, right? It's like, oh, geez, if the rod just wouldn't have come around and hit the crank again, I could have reused the crank, but it's garbage, too. It's like, there's another $1,000. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, being there, done that. I even, the, one of my 396s, when I had the four speed in the car, I used to launch the thing at 7,000 RPM and. Uh, the guy, local guy that used to do my motors, had said to me, "Kevin, you really beat on that motor. You probably should give it to me. Let me go through the bearings." Yeah, okay, Bill, I'll do that. And um, well, there was no rebuilding that motor after the next weekend. <laughs> well, did he build you a new one at least? Uh, well, he built me another one, but not that one. <laughs> that right. one was, um, yeah, probably now being made into body panels in China somewhere for right. a new car. <laughs> Right. Well, hey, uh, really appreciate uh, you coming on and spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, anybody you need to shout out to before we uh, let you go? Uh, well, just to, to, I just hope that your series and the TNT series and all those other guys that work so hard get to have some good things happen next year. Well, us too. Um, we got our fingers crossed. I mean, right now... Uh, I will say uh, running the five tenths pro tree definitely reinvigorated me a little bit uh, just because it you know, brought some more competitors. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to having a full season and hopefully the border will be open and we can get uh, some of you guys to come down and uh, have some fun with us. I would like that. I would look forward to that. The grand return for 2021. The, yeah, not just right, Kevin, for racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's racing in general, right? It's... It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I got my fingers crossed for sure. We need sweaters that say the Grand Return Tour 2021. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to work on that. Actually, we could right. probably do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, we, we happen to know a guy, so uh, we'll see what <laughs> we can you do. You know a guy who knows a guy who can make that happen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm wearing it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Kevin. Well, really appreciate you guys for calling me. Hey, thanks. It was great catching up with you. Uh, good talking to you. Uh, tell Laura I said hello, and uh, if I don't talk to you again, have yourself a, a great Christmas uh, and a New Year. And you too, and everybody stay healthy. Hey, you too, Kevin. Thank you. All right, take care. Kevin. See you guys. Kevin Orr. Christmas and New Year's wishes already. Their yeah. Thanksgiving was a month ago. So I yeah, guess yeah, I was going to wish him a happy Thanksgiving, but it's like I missed that. So <laughs> belated happy Thanksgiving to all my Canadian friends. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Christmas and New Year's, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, I trade messages with Kevin occasionally on Facebook, but don't get a chance to actually talk with him in person unless it's at the racetrack. So my guess is that considering that we're six weeks away from 2021, uh, I'd be surprised if I talked to Kevin again before then. Right, most likely. That's crazy. Yeah. And why? What good reason is it that you won't talk to him between now and then? Yeah, no no good reason other than 
you know, just, I'm busy, right? Uh, right? I mean, everybody's busy doing their own thing. Uh, family work. Can't blame WWE champions anymore. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's always something going on. Uh, yeah. Recently for me, it's been literally, re- I guess, I don't want to call it remodeling, but painting the living room and rearranging and hanging stuff Ugh. and crap like that so that's yeah, plus that, the, the the siding right windows and siding has not come yet uh oh, we're still waiting on that uh, but i mean it doesn't surprise me i mean we were told initially that it was going to be october but with covid uh you know we got a call probably beginning of october that yeah supply is way behind and yeah. The, the good news is, is that I guess that they can do that year round on like a roof where they won't do it in the wintertime. The windows and siding, they will. So it's like, I don't really care if it, if they're not there until January, whatever. We'd been waiting a while to get the siding done and they finally got to where they were going to get going on it. Yeah. And the color that we wanted um, was going to add another seven weeks of wait time. <laughs> and they said, we can get another color that's close. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and we got a green roof on the house with the white gutters and white soffits and sills. And you can't tell, but if you took a piece of the snipping and went to the neighbor's house and held it up against their siding, it is the exact same color as the Oh, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah. The neighbor complimented ours. I don't know if they know that it's the same color. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I love your color. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I will say that that was... uh... We we were going to go with mineral and we ended up with clay. Oh, okay. Yes, I don't... Whatever colors those are, uh, well, I'll say it's funny because our our living room is painted sea salt. So, what color would you think sea salt is? Like an off white. I would think. I mean, white, right? Uh, no, that's a green color. It's like, eh, eh, whatever, sea salt. Makes sense. Yeah, but I guess. And siding wise, I mean, we're in the same boat you are. I mean, we we went with the quote unquote premium color. So I'm sure that's why the lead time is yeah. extra long. And again, I'm not in a hurry, and it's going to be on the house for a bazillion years. So whatever, go ahead. We weren't as much worried about the aesthetics as we had the old cedar plank, uh, cedar shingle yep. um, siding on. I feel your and, pain. And some of it needed a coat of paint in a bad way. Oh, that's my a house. Year, for sure. year and a half ago. Oh yeah, and, that's my house for sure. And we wanted to be able to do furring strips and and a wrap and be done with it without having to take all the siding off and of course without having to paint it so that's that's where we were at so when they said you might need to get it do it <laughs> <laughs> now i'm curious uh, this isn't obviously a uh, uh a home improvement podcast but uh for your siding, did they pull the cedar shingles off, or did they go right over it? No, that's that. That was our goal was to catch this before we got to a dry rot, weather rot issue, and it had to be pulled, and off. it had to be yeah. pulled off. Yep. So there's some that were in disrepair. Yep. But were still very much. They weren't leaking. They weren't rotting off the yeah. house or anything like that. Okay. They needed they needed paint more than they needed anything. Same thing with the sills around all the windows. And and if we got to it at the right time, they were just going to use epoxy and sealant and and wrap the existing yep. wood in in the uh, in the flashing yeah. and be done with it. Yeah, did. And it, have you have you been there since 
the sighting has been completed? I think you were there once. I was at the house. I think it was completed, though maybe it was only completed on a couple sides. I don't no, I mean, recall. If you saw one, you saw them all. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will say the side that I saw, at least the front, uh, looked look really nice. And, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. not like we got the back half of the house and decided to turn run all the side <laughs> vertically. <you know>? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, and, that, and your house, I mean, it sounds just like my house. It's exactly the same situation. They're going over the top. It really needs paint. I mean, the stupid between the carpenter bees and the woodpeckers as well I mean, putting holes in the side of it yeah nothing terrible is going on at the moment but it's on the verge something needs to be done and uh, so hopefully it just won't turn into a well we're sorry we can't get you siding until october of 2021 they also threw the plastic cleats on the when we put our steel roof on you would think that the person that does steel roofing would say hey the way that your steel roofing runs you should probably put some cleats up there so that when it sheds snow, it doesn't shed two and a half feet of snow all at one time onto the lower roof that doesn't have any yeah, columns. Yeah. A, but he never, must have skipped that day of steel roofing school. Yeah, mm-hmm. It never came up. And for a couple couple years now, it's been shedding so hard that it's it's ripped the gutters off the front of the house. Oh, geez. It ripped the gutters off the back of the house. So we put cleats on the front half of the house. Now, we didn't do it to the back because we're thinking that the gutters – the gutters and the clips that held the aluminum gutters uh, on that were installed in 1972, probably the current ones will hold up a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but we put them on the front so that it at least breaks up the snow because what happens is it sheds and it hits with such force that it, it makes this igloo trench along the front of our house okay. that we can't very easily snow blow through. I would say it's probably fun to watch, though, it's, right? It's like an avalanche. Uh... <laughs> well, at about 4 in the morning when it does that. Yeah, all of a sudden it's, it's like, what's happening? Yeah. It's like, was that a 7.0? Nope, just, just shedding the snow. Well, but hopefully yeah. you don't have to worry about that anymore. It would be great if we didn't learn this year. That's the only thing that got us by the last two years is the fact that we didn't have sustained snowfall. We had the spurts and we had the heavy stuff, but it stayed so dry. Yeah. And then, you know, we had that, that condensed wet season, but then it never really got super wet again. It didn't stay stay around enough to where it was going to be this spring. I'm talking about two years prior. This spring was a little bit of a different story, but we, well, we sort of I got heard, lucky there. I thought I heard the experts say this year that it wasn't going to be as bad, supposedly, of a winter. But we know how experts are and how right they are, so uh, uh, I know we can take that to the bank, that uh, this will be a nice, mild winter and we won't have to deal with anything. So. Well, it might be time to get out of here. It appears that Facebook didn't like something, and they might be censoring the show. So all the videos being blocked or something. I'm not censoring sure. us? Yep. I don't know. I don't get it sometimes. It could be that somebody got mad and reported it, too. They got bored of the banter. Let's see if I can find this quick and see what's going on. I would say uh, didn't, like, uh, didn't like our COVID talk. or yes. It might be. It could have been. Did we... Uh, I don't think we had any... Well, it's still on here. At least it's still showing that it's on there. Oh, so I don't Did we have any uh, half-truths? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> or is Trump watching right. and... Uh... <laughs> We're good. Eric checked in and says everything's fine. Ah, okay. So, All right. So, well. so perfect. Just in time to get out of here. 
Yes, it's, it's been an hour anyway, so we'll get out of here before uh, before the censors get to us. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I guess we've we've covered we've covered a lot. Well, yes, there we was, have. <laughs> there, there was there was even some drag racing in there. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, you never know what you're going to get when you tune into the final round podcast. <laughs> yeah, Jeff was Jeff was all over it. Yeah, it might have been might have been the the. Uh, it was probably him. Propaganda. Yeah, it was probably Jeff. I don't know. Let's not let's not speculate on that. Uh, I'll speculate about him. Yeah. He knows I'm kidding. All right. 85's in the books. Not bad for him. <laughs> no plan going yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. It worked out all right. We're going to be back again in a couple of weeks. Um, two weeks is going to put us on Thanksgiving. a uh, very busy Thursday for everyone. Yeah, so I don't think we're, we're going to be here on Thanksgiving. No, well, <laughs> where else are you going to go? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't have my family over. <laughs> so, yeah, I would guess uh, we either got to do it again next week or uh, be the first week of november right yeah, or can, december rather can we can do it on a different day that week too we can figure it oh, out oh we can we do got, that too yeah we got plenty of time to plan Post, okay we got it we, we're behind on our planning meetings anyway yeah all right we'll see everybody next time and we'll let you know when next time is thanks a lot for tuning in we appreciate it as always we'll see everybody then this has been the final round drag racing podcast coming to you live from the fingerlakes1.com studios in downtown seneca falls new york We'll see you right back here again in two weeks. Thanks for watching.